Hi guys, my name is Stephanie. And this is Chelsea. And this is Psychology 101. Cue the music. Okay, that was rude. <laughs> As y'all can tell, Rosanna is not here on today's episode. She's currently in Disneyland for her early birthday. Happy birthday, Rosanna. This one goes out to you. Happy birthday to you. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, Chelsea, if y'all don't know, Chelsea is my wonderful girlfriend. Yep, the one and only. Ever. Okay. Well, like, past, present, future, I'm the only one, right? Yes. Right. Cool. Cool. So I think everyone's wanting to know, why did you fall in love with me? Why? Well, that's a new, there's some nuance to, to that question. Why? Um, some people try to approach a why question with, with a how. Um, and how did I fall in love with Stephanie? Well... Um, we became friends very quickly, mm -hmm. um, and in doing so, we hung out a lot, and I got to see, she made me laugh a lot, and I got to see kind of how unique of a person she was. Um, unlike myself, Stephanie makes friends very easily, and stays close friends with them very easily, um, whereas I tend to have a few friends and be close with them and I'm not the best at staying in touch um, but when they're around we're, we're great so I was always in awe of Stephanie's so because I know how to make friends <laughs> you fell in love with me I needed someone to help me make friends essentially <laughs> <laughs> no but I was impressed by that um, and I admired that and then when we got together and continued dating um just, you know, the ease at which, with which you can be with somebody, um, I think that kind of tells you how good of a fit it is, how much of a match it is. And, you know, if you can love someone, you know, it can't be hard to even get along. And we just got along so well. It was like she was an extension of myself. So not to get all back. not to get all sappy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we developed that pretty quickly and I knew pretty, pretty soon that I love Stephanie. And yeah, I told her that not too, a couple years ago. Yeah. Almost two years exact. Yeah. Like, and then. Like two years and five days ago. You told me that yeah, you loved me. I did it first. She did do it first, but. I also made the first move. So. Yeah. Well, when you told the story, like a couple episodes ago, I feel like I was more forward when we were like starting to date. Like I feel like I had all the all the lines, all the all the smoothness, and I was like <laughs> pretty pretty direct about like. Like, when we had to, like, talk about, like, okay, like, 
are we together? Are you my girlfriend? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I initiated those conversations. I, what? I feel like I, I'm the one to, like, when we need to, like, talk about things and, like, get things situated, I'm like, okay, well, let's, like, get down to the... Look at me like that. What, what, what do you mean, get things situated? I don't know. Like, wh- I feel like when we, we, like, deemed each other girlfriends, I feel like I was kind of asking the questions. I I recall. So when we first got together, our phones got stolen. Mm-hmm. So we were communicating via email. And then I I told you how I was going to come out to my family. Mm -hmm. And I I recall saying, like, you know, I want to introduce you as my girlfriend. And then I said, yes, I'd be cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I felt like I was pretty like direct with what I wanted like it was not like once we started dating Uh it was like I never made it unclear that I wanted to be with you like I always tried to make it I think I just had a fear of I just I wanted it to be real at the beginning and Mm -hmm. I just was unsure if that's how you felt Mm -hmm. I sensed that but I thought I did a good job of, like, showing with my actions that I did yeah. want to be. So the same year I came out, you came out, too. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? Sure. How was it? It was not that hard compared to what other people go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on vacation with my family in Tybee Island. <laughs> Georgia so you know they love the gays there mm-hmm. um, taking a sip of my monster Rita um, white monster and a margarita kind of like Rosanna's four locos <laughs> but like yeah. homemade um, but yeah we were out in Tybee Island and you know, I was missing Stephanie. But I had kind of decided, like, I needed to tell my family. and Just because I was in a serious relationship and I wanted to share that with them. And I've always been close with my mom, so she was the one I told first. We, like, went out on a little, like, run, sort of. Um, and I told her, and, like, I can't talk about serious things without crying. So I started crying immediately. Mm-hmm. Um and I can't remember if she cried. I don't think she did. But she was so supportive. And I think me crying when, like, helps people <laughs> treat me nicely when I'm crying. So um, it she was supportive and understanding. Um, and then later on that same trip, I think, like, either later that day or the next day, we told my stepdad, who was... I was more concerned about because he was brought up by some southern 
the people from Georgia. We were visiting his family. Um, and he's always been pretty liberal in his thinking, I think, for the most part. But, you know, when, especially as, like, a white man, you don't know what kind of underlying thoughts sure. are there are there. So I kind of thought he might react poorly or something, but... And maybe it's because, like, we were drinking for that whole trip. But he was—he said something along the lines of, like, well, I love women, so I can't blame you. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Um, yeah, no, that was, like, Pete's two cents. So I was like, okay, so I guess we're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that was kind of, like, the coming out. I, I told my sister first. Yeah, I remember them. that day. Um, Walk us through that day. This was, like, really Chelsea short. Chelsea used to work. We all used to work together. Yeah. We're not going to name where we worked, but yes, we all worked together. So this was, like, the day after Steph and I had first gotten together. Um, and I was in work and working with my sister, Sarah. Um, and, like, I, I wanted to tell someone, and Sarah was, like, the person who I could most tell, like, trust mm-hmm. and was close to me and would understand. And she knows Stephanie and loves Stephanie. So I told her, and again, can't talk yeah. about anything <laughs> serious without crying. So I start crying. And Sarah's like, whoa, calm down. Like, it's cool. She thought I was like, thought she was going to judge me or something or react poorly. When I'm just like, no, I just cry whenever yeah. I talk about serious things. Um. So, yeah, it was kind of a funny conversation. I'm just like, yep. And she was like, yeah, that's great. I'm happy for you. And, yeah, it was a, a yeah. non-issue. I remember because Sarah asked me to go to lunch with her that day. Um, and we went to lunch, and this was after you had come out to her. Mm-hmm. But, like, we didn't even discuss it. Like, I didn't even know you told her. Yeah. Until I think after I lunch, you- and you told or I emailed you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, saying like, oh, I told Sarah, by the way, like after the fact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was relatively, you know, smooth. There's like little things that come up mm-hmm. throughout time that, you know, your parent is under the impression that you, because you're in a lesbian relationship, cannot have children, which is not the case, you know. Or, like, that you need to have in vitro, which is not the case either. Like, there's just a lot of misinformation about how you do things. And so I've had to, like, explain things. Um, So that's challenging when it's, you know, someone who you love and thinks that somehow your future is worse because you're with you know a woman someone so sexy like me yeah exactly i'm like um my future would be way worse if i was with anyone other than stephanie so really all these conversations are useless yeah um so yeah little insensitivities yeah but other than that we've been i've been really fortunate so were your um were your friends surprised at all um, 
A little bit, yeah. Because you, you, you can't, you're, you're bisexual. Yes. Am I allowed to put that on? Yes, you were allowed to say that. Um, I think there was a little bit of surprise just because I'd never expressed anything before. So I don't think people like assumed that about me, which like they did about you. I don't know what you're talking about. No one assumed <laughs> that I was gay. I think people like were suspicious. <laughs> just about 80% of the people yeah. I know. Whereas like I really, I think the way I express myself is very much like a cis hetero, you know, female. Mm-hmm. And I embrace I, my femininity and so I don't get kind of typecast any one way. Yeah. I think I that's also, before we even started dating and I was crushing on you, I just wasn't sure. And it's not like I go up to people that I'm interested in and I'm like, oh, hey, are you into women? Yeah. And for me, like, that's part of why I didn't feel the need to, like, come out earlier or anything is because, like, I really identify, like, the way I express myself is, and the way I like to express myself is very much in the same way that a lot of heterosexual females like dress and you know sure act and just stuff like that so I didn't feel like I had to come out to explain anything about my lifestyle um so yeah I just and part of me too it's like you don't you don't know until you meet people and you do try things and so not like you're, you're born straight and you, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I meant. I meant you're not born like, and you're just like, as a baby, you you're you like. You can't know yeah. right off the bat. Especially when you live in society where there's all these expectations of what you should be. Like, I'm a girl, so I should be with a boy. And I yeah. get married to a boy and have babies and blah, blah, blah. So... Yeah, guys, it dis- takes disregard that sentence I said. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. Yeah, um, it's not a choice. It's mm, I agree. Um, I mean, the choice is: Do I want to be happy and do what's right for me, or do I want to do what society expects of me and be unhappy? So that's the choice that we have. <laughs> um, but yeah, where was I? Yeah, for me, it was a process of figuring things out. And, like, through college, I, you know, I'd go out with my my roommates. I think it was a little bit of a surprise to them just because I'd never, like, we were all so close. And I just never said anything along the lines of, like. And you're still close to them today. Yeah. They're awesome So I think they, some of them asked, like, oh, did you know before? Or, like, Mm -hmm. you know. And I explained you know, the same thing, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was funny because, like, I would, you know, I had, like, a Tumblr and would watch sh- shows on Netflix and stuff. You're so gay. <laughs> I would watch shows on Netflix. Well, no, just, like, the, stu- <laughs> the types of shows yeah. and the media, like, whenever there was, like, a lesbian relationship or, like, a character, like, 
I would get super into that storyline and like ship it and you know there were like little things where I was like okay I probably like wouldn't be as into this if I like wasn't if I was 100% straight sure um so I kind of had those like little hints but again I didn't have any like life experience to inform like oh am I am I gay am I bi am I you know yeah I don't know or am I just you know, everybody, it's a it's a scale. There's a it's a continuum. So maybe you're just somewhere on that scale. You don't yeah, know. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. Um. So yeah, it kind of wasn't until I met Stephanie and was with Stephanie that I like knew for sure. Like, yes, I like. I, it's even weird to say I like women because I like I like you. Yeah. <laughs> you're my woman. So. But yeah. I feel incredibly blessed. Me too. And even like talking about like giving relationship advice or like go, like hearing about people's struggles. Like I feel like I'm in no position to give advice just because like you and I, it's been so easy. Mm-hmm. And I've been through very little like relationship struggles. Like I haven't been in a relationship with anyone before Stephanie. Yeah. And so I've had it I mean, easy. same. Like, I, I mean, I've told you, I've been in relationships, but nothing ever, like, serious. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it a relationship. That's how unserious it was. Yeah. And it's not like our relationship is perfect, but I think we do a very good job of having those conversations, those difficult conversations and listening to each other. And Yeah. We don't hurt each other. Like, yeah. There are people who, like, not like physically, but where like there's things that your partner does that like are like hurt your feelings and like mm-hmm. or damage your self-image. And I'm like, I'd Anything. like to think I've never you, done that to you and you've never done that to me. But you have bettered my self-image. Yeah, that's that's the point of the whole thing. So, so you've bettered my self-image and I gave you more friends. <laughs> Exactly. It's mutual, mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's a symbiotic relationship. We learn about that in my biology class. Oh, yes. So Chelsea is a biology teacher, AP biology, a biology teacher, a independent research teacher, a lab manager. She wears wear all the hats. She wears all the hats at a she works at a private school as well for a high school. We don't work in the same school, but she works at the school that she actually went to. Yeah. It's pretty cool. There's I mean it's, and, a, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's a hard job. Chelsea um, so you you didn't even go to school for te- that wasn't even No. I wound up there. Um my lady's smart, y'all. Not to say, yeah, not to say I'm under underqualified. Um, I like to think I'm a very adaptable person. Um, but yeah, I kind of tried it out, and I there are things about it that I really do enjoy. But it is it is a hard job. It's not. And not this is a your second. Walk. This is your second year of teaching. Yeah. But second year feels good like it's you can look back and make improvements and and feel better about the work you're doing 
compared to what you did the first year. So there are intense rewards, but also intense struggles. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are awesome, though. Like, I have so much fun in the classroom. And, like, talking about biology is, like, really fun. She's a nerd. Tell, tell everybody your plan for Halloween for class. She's giving her class a <laughs> test. So this happened last year just by chance. Like, my test happened to fall on Halloween. And then this year, the same thing happened. So I've, like, decided this is just going to be a tradition is that I give an AP Biology test on Halloween. Um, and this test is on photosynthesis and respiration and, you know, cellular ener- energetics. But um, photosynthesis is on it. And I saw on Amazon there's a sun costume, so I ordered that. It should be arriving this week. Um, so I'm going to be the sun in the room while they're taking the test. Uh, it's going to be spooky because they're all going to be afraid that they're going to fail, which they won't. Um, we do corrections. It's all good. Um, but yeah, it's going to be lots of fun testing on Halloween. And in the room, they'll have the the source of all chemical energy. The Why sun. is that? So the sun provides the energy um, for the electrons in the chloroplasts to get excited. Uh, which really provides all of the energy required for the endergonic reaction that is photosynthesis. Such a nerd. It's amazing, you guys. If you really, you know, take a second to figure out some of this stuff that's going on in our bodies, all around us. It's amazing. Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) Back to things that people want to hear about. <laughs> I, I don't know what do people want to hear about. I don't know. We don't have that many listeners. I know. It's like. Oh, you know, we don't have that many listeners. It's like me and. That's mean. We have <laughs> listeners. Yeah. No, no, you do. Can I mean, you... Rosanna talks about her friends that listen. That's like. She seems like she has a lot of friends. Yes. Maybe I, I should like... hit her up to help me make friends. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Do you have you listened to all our episodes? You can be honest. Yeah, no, I have. What What do you think? What What do the people want to? I want to know what you think of our episodes. And I you, be enjoy honest. them a lot. Um. I think you sometimes you guys think too much about what the people want to hear. Yeah. Like I think. I, I think I think that Rosanna's. Yeah, Rosanna does a good job of, like, talking and going off. Well, sometimes she's resistant to talking, though. Yeah. So you hear that, Rosanna? It takes, it takes a minute to get her going. But when she does, she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I think, you know, we talked about you being a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. But I think that kind of hinders some yeah. of your success is, you know... You say something and then you retract a little bit. You take a couple steps back. When it's like, no, you just got to like. Let it out. Yeah. Commit. Let it out. It's okay if something, you know, slips out. Like gay people are choosing that lifestyle. What? You said that, that earlier. That's not what I meant. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
but but yeah i think you can be a little bit more um take a little more charge of, of what you're what you're saying own it and yeah like just a conversation between stephanie and rosanna not centered around like what this kind of third party yeah is yeah like you break the fourth wall kind of mm. when you do that you're right i should stop doing that is that what y'all want to hear? Just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, it is hard to like produce content without a goal, without a goal in mind. So, you know, you do want to hear, think about what, what people want to hear, but um, not necessarily be addressing it constantly through the... Sure. I really need to stop that. Don't worry about it. I mean, you're, you guys are growing and developing and it takes time and practice yeah we got stickers oh yeah those arrived yeah i ordered some stickers cool (laughs) (laughs) oh you're gonna see psychology 101 stickers on every bus stop do you want to see what it looks like go grab them okay we'll do a a reveal yeah (laughs) That no one can see. All right, we're going to open the envelope. That's not as clean cut as I thought it'd be. You can move faster than that. Ooh, there. So, all right, we're going to describe it to you guys. Okay. They are circular, um, and you have the logo um inside the circle which by the way i never a shout out to nancy uh we used to work with her she actually made the logo yeah she designed it and that pro bono yeah pro bono and that triangle actually represents a slice of pizza oh i thought it was supposed to represent like the hierarchy you know yeah that's what it represents actually but normally so, like, from our point of view, we would probably mm. flip that triangle upside down. Like, you know how you see the pink triangle upside down when you check? is like a kind of a gay symbol. That represents a flipped hierarchy where you have the majority at the top and the, the 1% down at the bottom. Okay. Anyways. But, yeah, and a QR code. I'm assuming that takes you to... A place where you can listen. To no, no, I didn't even think of that. What What's the QR code for? It's a picture of my butt. Um, so I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that does take us. But put your phone over it. Take a picture. Put your camera I, over it. I don't know how to do the QR code. No, you just put your camera on it. And it just goes. Watch. Oh, my God. Technology, y'all. It's crazy. Please be the right <laughs> link. Or that would have been a waste of money. Pornhub.com. Just kidding. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That is cool. So, Nifty. yeah. We got some stickers. I didn't order too many because we're starting started small. Well, yeah, we're going to have to reprint it with a flipped triangle now. Just, I'm just kidding. The logo it's, stays. It stays. 
I appreciated that you guys said that I was shredded. Or yeah. what, did, what did Rosanna say? Ripped? Ripped. Diced. So, Chelsea. Peeled. Okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, was it last year? Chelsea actually, she started doing keto. It wasn't last year, it was two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah. No. Yes? No. You started in May of last year. Okay. Wait, you're right. I was like, it has not been two years. Right. So it was when I was lab managing only and yeah. not teaching yet. Do you do you mind sharing your starting weight? I mean, it doesn't. I or, was. Don't no, you? I'm, I was going to say you can just say how much you lost, but if you don't. No, I'm putting it all out there. It's weight is just a number, like, and that's one thing that doing all of this, you you get to know that like. There can be two people that are the same numerical weight and they look totally different. Like Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> He's like more than 200 pounds, which on the BMI chart, he'd be obese. Yeah. Um, but he's got a lot of muscle and he's fairly lean. So weight is just a number. But I was not super lean and had a lot of muscle at my starting weight. I was like 184. Um, and I was kind of around there for most of college. And in college, I was doing triathlons. I was mm-hmm. like... My lady's a triathlete. Well, and everyone anymore. knows that because I always wear Cal Poly shirts. And people give me shit. They're like, oh, you went to Cal Poly? Knowing. They know I didn't go there. <laughs> but they just want to hear, no, it's Chelsea's shirt. <laughs> yep. But go on, sorry. Anyways. Yeah. All through college... Running constantly, biking constantly, swimming constantly. Gracie uh, sneezing, y'all. You know, if you're stereotyping, like you'd think, you'd imagine somebody doing those activities, you'd imagine some sort of uh, skinny person. That was not me. And I was pretty good at my sport. I mean, not the whole time. I got good enough to make the team for nationals one year. Um... But yeah, I was still pretty heavy most of the time. I'd like lose weight here and there, um, but I didn't really track what I was eating. I cooked a lot of food, ate a lot of whole foods in general, but um, I mean, it was college. I drank a lot too. Um, And in general, just ate what I wanted. But I always felt like I was trying to lose weight, Um, but I just didn't know. I like, I didn't know what I was doing. But I felt like the triathlon thing should be helping, right? Like I'm burning a ton of calories theoretically. Um, but after college, uh, kind of a year, year out of college, I, I'd like heard of my fitness pal and you know keeping a food diary and stuff. So I kind of tried to start doing that, um, but I wasn't like picking certain foods it was like I you know eat when I'm hungry track it shoot for whatever target that that formula spits out Mm -hmm. and this was when I was working at our collective work back in the day Um, they provide food for you in the break room so I'd be eating like all that good stuff like chips candy tracking it and then at the end of the day I'd be like I'm starving but I'm out of calories so it was just like 
I was still struggling um, to kind of follow some sort of guideline. So I started seeking out information. I don't even know where I initially heard of keto. I think it was some sort of Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. which just today I was talking to my stepdad and brother, um, and they were talking about some sort of Netflix documentary. And over the last couple of years, I've realized like every Netflix documentary about food uh, is, is like going to be somewhat bullshit. Like, yeah. They're trying to get people to watch it. So, and everything that is, you know, has to do with science, medicine, like there's more nuance than people want to accept. Yeah. So if something's going to be in a documentary and entertain your attention for, you know, an hour and a half, like they're going to skip a lot of the nuance that makes it a little bit more boring, but a lot more accurate. Sure. Um, so I'm not saying the documentary I watched about keto is like the best documentary and so true and everyone should go watch it and do keto, but it kind of got me thinking about it and got me curious. So I sought out more information um, and decided to try keto out as a, as a diet. Um, so I started doing it um, and kind of what I had heard about keto and what it's supposed to do for your um, what ketosis is supposed to do for your um, fat burning and all that stuff. It's kind of helps you adhere because to fall off of the wagon or to have a cheat, like that would throw you off significantly based on kind of the science that I understood at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of, I was really adherent. I stuck to it, but I was also tracking calories So I was in a calorie deficit, but doing keto and I was not hungry. I like felt like I could go like hours. I could go all. (laughs) That's Grace (laughs) snorting. Grace, you're okay. I felt like I could go all day without eating. Like it was, Mm -hmm. I just felt not hungry at all. Um, and I continued to like listen to podcasts, you know, seek out information. And just the more I um, started following nutrition experts and stuff, the more I was like, okay, ketos does certain things that are really good for you. Mm-hmm. But if your goal is weight loss, the reason keto is useful is that it's a highly satiating diet. So it, it curbs your hunger so you can eat the same amount of calories, but maybe have less hunger signals throughout the day. Uh, so effectively, there's no magic involved in being in ketosis. It's not like, oh, you enter this. It's okay, Gracie. Gracie, you're interrupting. It's not like you enter this magic state where you're like, mm, I'm burning all the fat away. It's mm-hmm. like... Uh, it just helps you be in a calorie deficit and that's what you need to like lose fat. So I, over time I stuck to keto for like maybe six, eight months Mm -hmm. and I lost a decent amount of weight, probably 20 pounds. Honestly, I don't remember. I think like 20, 25 pounds, somewhere in there, Uh 20 pounds. 
Um, and like the first bit fell off super quick and then the last bit was a little bit more of a grind. Um, but then I stopped doing keto and started transitioning to more, um, just kind of more of a standard diet, uh, but still tracking what I ate. And I kept it off because I controlled my calories. You like mean you didn't gain the 25 pounds I back didn't gain like it all people back. say? But that's because I switched to an approach that also would, I knew was going to keep it off. So if I had just been like, oh yeah, I lost the weight, go back to what I was eating before, go back to be... calorie surplus, you pack it back on. Like it's not, yeah, it's... that's like any yeah. diet if you're, yeah, nuts. any diet. So I kept tracking, but I just ate different foods. Um, and that's kind of around the time that I started also lifting. And I am like a very, like, teach myself type of person. So on the internet, YouTube, everything, trying to figure out, like, okay, what do I do in the gym to get toned, to build muscle, to like, um, you know, I'm losing fat, but I also want to like look better. Like I want to have curves in the, in the right places and stuff. So I started lifting also, and then that exposed me to, you know, nutrition advice along the lines of like, you know, you need to have a certain amount of protein in order to build muscle. Um, and having muscle is going to kind of increase your, the amount of metabolically active tissue that you have. Um, which will also help you, you know, have less fat in general. So I was like, all right, lifting's where it's at. Build up my muscle mass. That'll increase my metabolic rate overall. Make me look better. So that was kind of where my goals shifted to. And really my nutrition became just like um, make sure my calories are either in a deficit or kind of at a maintenance level, depending on whether I need feel like I need to lose more fat or not. Um and then lifting and then getting enough protein, which is like a pound per, or a gram per pound of body weight, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie's now on this, <laughs> you know, diet and it's, it's hard to it hard. get that amount. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that now for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been going really well. I like started more of a serious uh weight loss because i'd kind of plateaued and like the holidays i always gain weight over the holidays sure which not this year um but yeah around like march started kind of to more intentionally diet and and lost another i don't know five six seven pounds so what's your overall weight loss so total, yeah, we won't count yesterday. I'm like gained a couple pounds, <laughs> uh, thirty four pounds. If I, if we're saying my current weight is one fifty, and mm. I definitely gained a lot of muscle. Like I, so pounds of fat would be more than that, but yeah. And so my starting weight of the whole. Th- thing when I started keto I was 156 Mm. which is crazy because you're 150 yeah I'm less than 
and you you're taller than me. You're five seven and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm five two and a half. And now I am currently one thirty seven. Yeah. We both did good. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, one thing I learned, like, is just that, like, being, like, losing weight, granted, not, if you're underweight, like, you shouldn't lose weight, obviously. Um, but, like, a lot of the health markers that people worry about, like, blood pressure, triglycerides in your blood, and all this stuff, like, by getting out of an overweight range into a normal weight range, like a lot of that stuff is, is helped by that like significantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel great. I'm really you look great. Proud of myself. You should be. But yeah. And it's, it's become a hobby. I don't think like I, I know how hard it is because it was hard for me for a really long time. But I think also like the fact that I'm kind of a science bio nerd, like it was easy for me to get interested in this stuff um, and seek out information. Whereas I can imagine that like for the general population person who deals with like health issues due to being overweight or like wants to look better, like it's freaking hard if you don't have somebody like helping you out or yeah. like telling you what to do or even like you and Rosanna mentioned like oh Chelsea, Chelsea's like so disciplined and I'm, I like don't think about that that about myself but I realize mm -hmm. like, yeah I guess if I decide I want to do something I want to stick to it yeah um, which is not like I don't think it's easy for everybody to do that yeah so yeah we have a chart at home <laughs> At, so every morning we weigh ourselves and we write that down and then every night we record um, the amount of protein we had, our calories, amount of calories we ate, if we did a workout and Chelsea would write her steps to make sure yeah. that she's met her goal. Yeah. I meet mine every day so I don't even need to write it. Yeah, step, steps, a lot. But yeah, some days I don't step as much, and then you're like, well, my energy expenditure is not consistent. So, gotta make sure that's consistent. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think some, yes, having some sort of external, you know, accountability is helpful. My goal, kind of going forward, is to stop tracking at some point just because I've been tracking for like two years now um and that's not shouldn't be like a part of a normal life is like tracking everything you eat yeah um I think it's helpful especially if you're starting out and trying to like get adjusted to like what your nutrition should be like um I think that's, I've heard people describe it as like training wheels, as like tracking so mm -hmm. that you get to know what's in the food. Um, you get to know how to like build a nutritious meal that like has plenty of protein and has, you know, plenty of fiber so that it's filling. But 
I think once I'm starting to get to a point where I'm comfortable with that and I start to like know what's in my foods and know what a portion size should be um, and know how many meals I need in a day and what size of a, I love dessert, what size of a dessert I can have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the goal for the future is to like stop tracking and maintain my weight. Um, I think it might, I'd like to try being vegetarian for a while wow. while still also meeting my protein goals. I know it's, it's absolutely possible. It's harder because you have to be, you know, a little more creative, but. Why? Why do you want to? It's mostly for environmental reasons, like mitigating the footprint. Stephanie's freaking out. (laughs) And maybe it's not a permanent thing, but I want to try it to see if I can do it. Because I think it's such a cop-out when, like, I've said this before, like, oh, I can't not eat meat. Like, I I love meat. Did Rosanna's episode inspire you to do this? (laughs) Well, a little bit, but I... I don't did, at all totally... disagree with her. Like, yeah. there's no reason why I, like, I need meat. Like, you don't yeah, need we... meat. Yeah. Um, going vegan, I don't think I, I think that's a whole nother level. Like, and I don't think that's where it gets really hard for me to, like, hit protein goals is without, like, egg whites or, you know, Greek yogurt or whatever. That makes it really hard. But vegetarian, at least that would that would cut down on the footprint significantly. Are we gonna be vegetarians? I'm not kind of I'm not gonna put any sort of lifestyle change on you, you know. I'll cook for you still if you want meat. But maybe some a goal for the new year. Just to see how it goes. Like try it try it for a few months. Stephanie's freaking out. Not freaking out, man. I'm just. This is from left field. I'm just a little. I'm. I'm a little confused right now. I've been thinking about it. I mean, I was listening to your podcast. It changed my life. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Rosanna. Shout out to Rosanna. She's not even here, and she's making waves. (laughs) Because she's dope. She's freaking dope. But yeah, no, I can't can't argue with the environmental reasons no, the, to yeah. go to minimize your consumption and maybe it's not going full cold turkey because I enjoy meat I enjoy you know meals that include meat but maybe it's just a matter of reducing the frequency that you eat it yeah but yeah I think you know, it might be, you know, an interesting experiment to just try going vegetarian for a few months. I guess we're vegetarians now, y'all. <laughs> oh, I have pizza in the fridge. Non-vegetarian pizza. It's pepperoni. <laughs> we'll have to finish it before I go vegetarian. True. No, like maybe in the new year. Okay. I will attempt this. You have plenty of time. Don't even think about it. Okay. Our whey protein is vegetarian. It's not vegan, though. 
Hmm. Whey comes from milk. I'm not putting so this part milk in. <laughs> has two main components, uh, whey and casein. Um, so when you expose milk, and this is how cheese is made, you expose it to um, some acids. You can also put some, you know, like enzymes in there that will do this work for you. Or some, you know, acids like vinegar or lemon juice. And those, the acid will cause the casein proteins to precipitate out of the solution. Um, so it, it separates into two components. You have this kind of like, you know, more solid casein uh, proteins. That's the curd that forms. And then you have this liquid, and that's the whey. And whey also has protein in it. They're just two, they're different types of proteins. And with cheese making, you strain out the whey and you take all the casein curds and you compact them, you dry them out, you age them. That's how you get all your fabulous cheeses. But um, your protein manufacturers also will take those constituents and make protein powders out of them. That's where you get your whey protein, and there's also casein protein. Um, so yeah, comes from milk. All right, my love. Well, I appreciate you co-hosting with me on this episode with Rosanna's absence. Yes, she will be intensely missed by our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, I, I love that you're such a nerd. It's great. Um, all right, guys. Well, I think that about does it for our seventh episode. Again, thank you, Chelsea, for co-hosting with me. And if y'all don't give us a follow on Instagram, go ahead and give us a follow at psychology underscore 101 podcast. That's psychology. No, that, oh. that's when you spell it. That's S-I- Going a little bit too slow. K-E-O-L-O- G-Y. Psychology. And if you haven't, please give us a five-star and written review on Apple Podcasts because that would be just so lovely. It would make Stephanie's day. It would. Yeah, and then I don't have to make her day, which is like, it's a lot of work for me to do. But you do such a good job at it. Thank you. And look for the stickers at your local bus stop or <laughs> yeah. um, telephone pole. All right. Well, Chelsea, are you going to roll us out with the outro music? Um, sure. Um, um, here, here it goes. Um, All right. Bye, guys. Bye.